0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and put your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. We're in the second part of a series that I'm calling Into the Promised Land. Now, last week we we talked about the things that, you know, God delivers the Israelites. Israelites. Get used to it if it's your first day. There's going to be a lot more of those. Um, God took the the Israelites and and he promised them this land and it was overflowing with milk and honey. This land produced so much good stuff that they brought back some grapes and they had the the bunch of grapes. It took two men to carry it. Okay, it's crazy. And so God said, this is yours, you're going to go in there? Yeah, there's some big old fellas in there, they look mean and they look scary, but you're not going to have to do anything because I'm going to go in before you and I'm going to do the fighting for you, you just got to go. So they were like, yeah, this is good. And then they get right up and then they see them and they're like, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, you didn't say they were all of that. And we talked about how um, they get right up to the promise and right on the edge of everything God had promised and there was two things that kept them from going in. First thing was fear, the second thing was pride. Okay, and we're going to continue this series called "Into the Promised Land." We were living in Kainosa, That's where I'm from. It's it's uh, right underneath New Mexico, in that in that little part of what we like to refer to as authentic, real Texas. And um, don't don't equate us with Houston or anything. Not nothing against Houston, but. Uh, Anyway, we're from big ranch country and everything like that. And so one night I'm sitting out there, and let's see, I had three mouth curs, a Catahoula, a a Blue Healer, and uh, a weenie dog. His name was Sue. If you're a weenie dog, you have to have a name like Sue to make you tough. And a miniature Australian Shepherd. We had a lot of dogs, Okay. And so, anyway, it's like 10 o'clock at night. It's it's darker than all get out. We didn't have one of them fancy, you know, sodium vapor lights or nothing like that. I mean, if you didn't have a light switch on, there wasn't no light. And all of a sudden, the dogs just start going crazy. And I'm like, what in the world? So I go to the front door, and and we just had the front yard kind of (laughs) fenced, if you want to call it that. And I went to the front door, and I flipped the light on, and I was like, what are y'all barking at? And I see this big, corienty bull standing out there on the other side of the fence. Now, I knew who it was. We called him the J-bull because right on his left side, right in the middle where his rib cage is, he had a letter J. And so we just called him the J-bull. He was my neighbor's bull. And Lee had put him over in our section while he did some stuff I don't really remember. I mean, the gate was just right there. Well, I wasn't going to go out into the 600 acres and try to get my horse just so I could get that in and everything. And he was just right there, so I just decided that, you know, I am Pudo Cowboy enough. I can go get this one bull in. Now, you know, you've got to be pretty brave and courageous, and you might think of some other adjectives and everything, but it's, it's like 1030 at night. It's dark as all get out. The only light I have is coming from the front porch, and I'm fixing to go put a bull in the pasture. Now, he's not a bad bull or anything, so I put my boots on, and I get out there, and I had cleared this big old field where he was at. Well, big. It's like 10 acres and everything. When I say cleared, it just didn't have any mesquites this big. And um, I had left one up. And so anyway, I'm trying to push him, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on, bull. Come on, you know, you're kind of, woo, woo. You don't really want people to see that part because you make really funny noises. And so, you know, I, w- I was feeling like a pr- pretty macho cowboy. I don't need no stinking horse. I can do this on my foot. You know, by the time most people get their horse out, that bull will be in the pasture. I'll be in bed. This will be good. And so, anyway, I get out there, and I push him and everything. And he just, you know, if you've ever done, messed with bulls or anything, they're just like, da I'm like, come on. Well, I, I wasn't quite courageous enough to go up there and wring his tail on foot. You know, I'm just, yeah. And so, anyway, I, I get up there, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. And he gets to the one mesquite bush. Well, I say bush. It's more, it, can we call it a mesquite bee? Because it's kind of a brush in, bush and a tree because it's about this big off the ground. And he gets to the one mesquite tree, and he walks around it. And I'm like, come on. So now he's facing me. And I'm like, yeah. Well, he had had enough of yawning, <laughs> And he huh, and he jumps at me. I mean, I immediately, my ninja training jumped in. And I got into my fighting stance. Most people think it's a fetal position, but it's my fighting stance. <laughs> And I was like, hey, 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 you know, it went from, come on, bull, to, whoa, hey, hey. I had nowhere to go. <laughs> I mean, nowhere to go. And this was a big Corriente bull and everything. So I'm hollering at him, and he kind of keeps coming, right? And I'm looking at him, and all of a sudden, my, my wife and my kids come out on the front porch to see what the racket is. And I hear him go, what are you doing, Dad? Griffin, he's just a little video kid. He's like, Dad, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to get the J-Bull in, and he's trying to get me. And I hear, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, come on, come on. And he starts to turn, and I take that one step too far, and he turns back towards me. And I'm like, Hya! and all of a sudden, I hear another giggle, and the front light goes out. I couldn't see nothing now. And I was like, turn the light back on! Turn the light back on! <laughs> and I heard another giggle, and it came on. And I'm like, don't do that! And it went off. <laughs> and then it came right back on. <laughs> and and I, I, you know what? That worked, because I think he turned around to see who I was talking to. And anyway, I got him pushed back into the pasture. Oh, my gosh. You got to be strong and courageous to be a cowboy. You gotta do the things that, that the old cowboys taught you how to do. You you've got to, I was quite sure that someday my uh bull herding on foot ability would probably end up in some cowboy hall of fame story or something like that. Probably not. We're starting this series called Into the Promised Land, and I want you to have one main idea in your head, okay? One main idea, and this is is through the whole series. It's grabbing a hold of God's promises so that we can become everything He wants us to be. Grabbing a hold of God's promises so that we can be everything He wants us to be not the other way around, not grabbing a hold of God's promises so that we can be everything that we want to be, okay? You're going to have to really understand that part right there because what we're going to talk about today, I know some of you are going to be like, well, I, you know, I, I just don't know about that. So you're going to have to understand that we're talking about grabbing a hold of God's promises so that we can be everything that He wants us to be, In Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 6, God goes in and he's he's telling Joshua what's going to happen. And Joshua's relaying that to all of the Israelites. And God gives three keys that he says will be the keys to success whenever they get into the promised land. Now, he doesn't give them like, you got to train real hard so you know how to use a sword. He doesn't say anything like that. He doesn't give them a skeleton key to the walls of Jericho. He says, "If you want to succeed, this is the way you're going to do it." In Joshua chapter 1 verse 6, God starts out with this right here. "Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to the ancestors to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous." I mean, that's the first key to, to jumping a hold and grabbing a hold of God's promises is to be strong and courageous because I've said this many, many times. If you're an old hand here, there, there is going to be a lot of people in heaven except one, sissies. There won't be a single sissy in heaven because following God, man, it, it is scary. Ty was talking about that, you know, talking to somebody about God. That's the first thing God tells Joshua to pass along to the people. He said, you've got to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. You know, is that really how we feel? Do we really feel strong and courageous or do most of the time? Y'all may not, but I'll be honest. A lot of times it ain't strong and courageous that I feel like. It's more like weak and afraid. I mean, you put up that good front and everything, but I mean, let's just be honest. There's a lot of times that we just feel like we can't do anything and, and we're afraid, and that comes out as anger, or we you know, try to puff ourselves up, or, or we, uh, we self medicate ourselves with, with addictions and stuff like that. The first key to success is be strong and courageous. Now, does courageous mean that, that you don't have to be afraid? No, it means that you no longer have to let that control you, that you can go ahead and do something. Because let me tell you, you can't be courageous unless you are afraid, unless there's some fear. Courageous is actually dependent upon some sort of fear, because if you're not scared, you can't be courageous. Be strong and courageous. You don't have to feel weak and afraid. A Christian is supposed to lead other people to the promise God gave. And that's, that's right there. It says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Right? Well, Christians are supposed to lead other people to the promise God gave us in the form of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Here's the other thing. And, and, and you know what? You may be an old hand. Even if you are, we need to remind you of this. And this may be your first time or, or you're just kind of starting to dabble and you know, you're not sure because everything you've heard about Christianity is, is all the thou shalt not have funds and, and stuff like that. And you, you, you've met some really religious people that, you know, they, they had this thing called a Jesus stick and they just chased you around tried to beat you over the head with the Jesus stick. That's not what we're trying to do here. But if you want to hear about the good news, if you want to tell somebody the good news, I wrote down three things that the Bible says that we should know. The first one is, Jesus says, come to me, all you who, who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. Man, that stinks, doesn't it? Can, can, Jesus, how dare you say that? How dare you keep us from having fun? You're telling us that if we are heavy laden and weary that we can come to you and you will give us rest. Man, this Christianity stuff is hard, isn't it? Man, it just stinks. The second thing, anyone, Jesus says this, anyone who thirsts, I will give them a drink from the fountain of life without cost. I I, I, I fail to see the bad news in this, people. And we should be sharing these things with other people at the right time when God leads you to. Do not jerk out your sorting stick and go to sorting, you know, think that you can do it better than God does. Well, I'm going to pre-sort them for you, God. This one's going to hell. This one's coming to heaven. You know, we can't do that. Our job is just to tell people. And the third one, anyone who believes shall not perish but have everlasting life. This Christianity stuff, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, it's called the good news. And some of you were raised in church where it was all hell, fire, and brimstone. Most Christians know more about hell than they do about heaven. Let's get away from that, man, because there's one way to heaven, and that's faith in Jesus Christ. How many ways can you think of to get you into hell? One. There's only one way that you can go to hell, and that's if you don't believe in Jesus Christ. That's it. You know, and people will throw in, well, if you're this and you're that and you're this and you're that. Those things don't, sin doesn't send you to hell. But what sin does is it hardens our heart where we just, we don't care about God anymore. And the longer you stay in sin, the, the, you, just, you just forget all about him and just get calloused. The first thing God says in Joshua chapter 1 about grabbing a hold of the promised land that God has given us. He's already given it. And he says, if you want to be successful, three keys. The first is be strong and courageous. The second one, in verse 7, be strong and very courageous. You think he's trying to tell us something here? In verse 6, he said, be strong and courageous. In verse 7, he says, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Okay, now that was straight out of the Bible. I am not trying to add to or take away from anything, but for some of y'all that just can't really, you know, wrap your mind around that biblical talk and everything, let me put it in another language. Don't be a sissy. Do what I've told you to do. Don't look for loopholes or start making all kinds of excuses for going in the wrong direction. I'm telling you this so that you will be successful wherever you ride. There it is, right there. Jesus. I mean, God is saying, if you want to be successful, do what I told you to do. Do what I told you to do. He's not going to lead you the wrong way. But a lot of times, we hear God and we're like, oh, that's scary over there. So I've got to go this way. And God's like, hey, did you not read 6 and 7? It says, be strong and courageous. Don't worry, come on, come on. I'm not going to tell you to go here unless I'm going to go with you. This is where I'm at. I want you to come with me. Come on. He's saying if you want to be successful, do what he says to do. God has laid out a trail through the brush for us to follow. It's not to keep us from fun, but to show us that the only way that leads to happiness and eternal life. When God says for you to do something, he's not trying to keep you from something. He's trying to get you to where you would like to be. That's it. That's all. Do what he says to do. Be strong and courageous. He says it himself. Do this and you'll be successful wherever you go. All right, that's right out of the Bible. Could it get better than being successful wherever you go? Yes, it can, believe it or not. Can it get better than being successful wherever you go? Now, remember what I ask you to remember. This is about grabbing a hold of God's promises so that we can become everything He wants us to be. Okay? Now, we talked about being strong and courageous. The second thing we talked about was doing what He says. And in verse 8, Keep this book of the law always on your lips Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Here's the promise right here. I said, it. could it get better than being successful wherever you go? And I said, yes. This is why. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, remember... I said this was about grabbing a hold of God's promises so that we can become everything He wants us to be. This is about depending on God and following God. This isn't some voodoo, magical little uh, method for getting what you want. You will get what you want when you are strong and courageous, when you do what God tells you to do, and when you read the Bible. You know what, that is one of the things that I talk to so many people about. They're like, oh, I just don't understand it. and I I get it. I get it. But get in a habit, man, read that thing. Because God says right here, if you will read my word and talk about it and think about it and do the things that it says to do, then you are going to be prosperous and successful. So the first key was to be strong and courageous. That's like the first level. That's the foundation that we're talking about of the three keys to grabbing a hold of the promises so that we can become everything that God wants us to be. Be strong and courageous. And then once you're strong and courageous and you decide to follow Him, do what He says. If He goes this way, you go that way. If He says go this way, you go that way. If He says do this, even if it's scary, do it. And if He says cut that out, He ain't trying to keep you from having fun, man. It's like trying to slap a cactus he's like don't do it it may not hurt you right now but it's gonna hurt in a little while and then the third thing read the Bible read the Bible start off in something easy like John or uh, you know I, I like first second Peter I, you know start off don't read that thing like a novel it's not a novel Let me tell you what happens 99 out of 100 times. People say, I'm going to read the Bible this year. That's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to start in Genesis and they get to Leviticus and they're done. Here is an admission from the preacher. I have never read the Bible cover to cover. Why? Because God hasn't led me to number one. And when he does, I will. Now, I have probably read nearly at nearly every word in that Bible at some point in time. But I have never opened it up and tried to read it like a Louis Lemour book or something. You're just going to get frustrated and everything like that. So when you're reading the Bible, here's a few key things to look for. Number one, the Old Testament is all about revealing God's love to us and our need for a Savior. The Old Testament, which is about This much of the Bible, the Old Testament is full of some really scary stuff where God gets mad and, I mean, he wipes people out and people mess up. It's pretty scary. But his whole point was, y'all can't do this, so I'm going to send my son to do it for you so that whenever you believe in him, it'll be just like you did it all. The Old Testament is about God's love for us, God's unending love. And if you can't find God's love in it, It's not God that's wrong. You don't understand it. Pray about it. Read it through the lens of God is trying to show you how much he loves you. Okay? Read the Bible. The Bible is God's treasure map. It shows you the way, reveals the truth, and leads to life. How do I know that? Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. The Bible explains that explains that it shows you the way, reveals the truth, and leads to life. So we have three keys to success and prosperity. Grabbing a hold of God's promises so that you can become everything that God wants you to be, that He wants you to be. Be strong and courageous. Do what He says do. Read the good book. Even if you don't understand it, keep reading until you do find something you understand. And if you understand something, stay there. That's what I do. How do you think I come up with these sermons? I'm reading along and I'm like cross out. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Hey, I can, I can wrap my head around that one, God. He's like, good, preach on it. Yes. So we have three keys to success and prosperity. Be strong and courageous. Do what God tells you to do. Read and study the Bible. Ready to do that? See in verse 11. Thought we were done. We should be done in about 45 minutes. Verse 11. He says, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. That's what verse 11 says. Let's say that just a little different way so we can make it applicable. Told you it's going to happen again. We're going to make this applicable to our lives. Go through the church and tell the people, get ready. You can cross your Jordan and go in and take possession of the promises the Lord your God has given you for your own. You ready to do that? You ready to cross over your Jordan into the promised land so that you can grab a hold of the promises that God has already given you? We all need it. We all want it. If you weren't here today by your own, you know, maybe somebody drug you by the ear or coerced you into it or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe you're watching for the first time on the internet or listening on the radio. Listening to it on the podcast. I don't know. God has a message. Not, not for the front row over here and not for the... He might need it for the back row over there. But uh, it's for all of us. It's not for the preacher. It's not just for Ty. It's for all of us. I was in a pasture. We were flanking calves and branding, roping and dragging. And uh, that's dragging for y'all that don't understand Texan. It was not a big lizard. We were not roping a dragon; we were roping and dragging the calves to the fire. And as usual, I was flanking. I was hot. I was tired. You know, it come by. We grabbed it. You know, we had the rope and we pulled it different ways, and it it fell down. And then I jumped on the back leg and stretched out that uh, that back foot, and then held this one up so they could put the brand on it and everything like that. And I mean, I'm just like. Because that's the way you are Brandon, I promise. And so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I hear this commotion, right? And all I can see, my back is to everything. All I can see is everybody go. And I didn't know what to do. Somebody said, look out, like that. And so I assumed my ninja position again. Most people call it the fetal position, but that is untrue. Those are untrained eyes that see it that way. And then it happened. One of the most scary, amazing gifts from God that I've ever experienced in my life. And that's what we're going to talk about next week, is what that is. So y'all come back next week, and I will tell you, That you are going to have the biggest, baddest adventure of your life when you cross your Jordan into the promised land. But you are going to have an unlikely ally. You are going to have an ally that you can see, touch, feel, and physically talk to. You are going to have an ally that will have your back in any situation.